tell already. How many of you want to go party with the kids next week? I'm telling you, that, I mean, just the energy alone, I'm like, mm, that looks like fun. So that's cool. Man, we've got a lot of things to be thankful for. Um, just, just some cool stuff that are, that are going on. Uh, lots of things to celebrate, and I just, man, I... First of all, it's Family Sunday, so the kids are with us uh, like they are a lot, <laughs> just because we're going to be launching that next week. That's great. So, kids, I'm glad you're here. Um, speaking of, I'm checking my notes here. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, speaking of kids, we're launching Thrive Kids next week, but we've already said that. So, moving on. All right. So, here's the thing. Uh, we've got some stuff going on after service today uh, that I want to let you know about. Um, so, it's our sixth birthday. And it just went by so fast. I'm, I can't believe it. Of course, we kind of, we kind of like lost a year in there, right, to certain <clears throat> things that shall not be named. And, uh, but, you know, here's something that's really interesting. And I was thinking about this the other day, that in some ways, uh, with the lockdowns and the fact that we had to go digital, we now have an online uh, community as well. So those of you who are watching online, so glad that you're with us, that you can celebrate too. Um, we're going to be having a party, so you can hand, you have my permission to party in your own home the way you see fit. So you rock on <laughs> after service. Uh, but when we're done here, uh, we're going to go out. There's going to be some treats um, that'll tide you over for the picnic, which happens at one o'clock today. I mean, like, like seriously, there's lots of cool things happening. There's also, if you drove up, you saw an old truck out there with a bunch of hay bales and whatnot. That's our photo op. So if you want a fall picture taken with your family, um, Elizabeth will be out there with a tripod, and um, you can use your own camera. She'll have it all set up, and, and uh, she'll be taking the pictures for you. So um, we should get some good shots, and so that'll be fun. Uh, if you want one of those, please um, take advantage of that. Uh, and then at 1 o'clock, we're all going to Hickey Creek Park, and we're going to eat because that's what we do best, right? And um, if you're not doing anything this afternoon, you are more than welcome to join us because we eat like royalty. Um, so the deal is bring um, a main dish for you and your family and something to pass, whatever that is. Thrive's covering beverages, ice, and cups. So bring your own silverware, bring your own food, whatever, but you're more than wel welcome to come and hang out with us, and that should be a good time as well. So we'll be doing that from 1 until 4. So keep that in mind. Oh, yes, and by the way, on the picnic, Dan, we're at the South Pavilion, correct? So the best way to get there is if you're um, going down Garnett or any one of the streets, you're going to come in off of 121st. That's going to be the easiest way to get to the pavilion uh, that we're at. Um, there's a little uh, playground there for the kids, and so we thought we would try to um, give them a place to run off some energy. Parents, you're welcome uh, in advance, so that should be good. Looks like we're going to have a beautiful day, and I'm, I'm really excited about it. So I thought what we might do is take just a moment, and um, I just want to give some thanks to the Lord for what he's done here um, six years ago. It was a, a courageous thing for us to begin weekly services. Um, and, as, and I remember right, it was that week, I think it was that week, uh, that we had some equipment stolen out of our truck. <laughs> so uh, I think the enemy was trying to get us to quit doing what we were going to do, but it didn't matter. We rallied and, you know, the rest is history. But let's take a moment and let's thank the one um, who brought us all together. Kind Father. You're so good to us. 
And I'm so grateful for this church. And Lord, um, it's gone by so quickly, and yet at the same time, there's a lot of things that have occurred. There are a lot of stories to tell. But I'm reminded of the fact that all of this you dreamed up long before it ever was an idea of ours. And so Lord, you're the leader of this church. I wanna declare that once again, that you are the head of Thrive Church. I'm just an associate, and I'm so thankful that you chose me to do that. And I'm so thankful that you brought these people together. It is not by coincidence, but it is by your intention that they are here. And we wanna follow you and the things that you have in mind. And so Lord, um, while we celebrate six years, we dedicate the next six, and we say, you're still Lord, we're still gonna follow you. What are you dreaming about, and how can we join you in that dream? And I'm looking forward to what you have next for us collectively, but also for each one of us individually. And Lord, I also declare that um, we are gathered in your name, and because of that, we know by your word that you're here too. So may your presence fill this place. Um, and I pray that no one would walk out of here without uh, just some experience of the fact that you're here. And I'm so grateful for all that you're gonna do today. Would you please enjoy everything that you see among us? Because we are here for you. You are the audience. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for that. So our series uh, called Party People it starts with a very simple idea. Jesus told us the basics of Christianity. He told us the basics of Judaism, too. You remember the story that a, um, a, a religious scholar stood up and said, hey, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus said, um, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength. But then he said something else. The second is just like it. It's similar. Love your neighbor as yourself. So love God, love people. And then I think the, the piece of that story that we tend to gloss over is the fact that Jesus said, all of the law and all of the prophets rest on these two ideas. Now, remember, the New Testament didn't exist at that moment in time, right? That happened later. So Jesus is presupposing his scriptures, which is the Old Testament, and the Old Testament, at least at that time, would have been the law and the prophets. That's it. And so he says the entire Bible, the entire collection, the library of sacred scriptures rests on these two central ideas, to love God and love people. This is what God is getting at. This is what he's driving for. This is what he started with. This is his plan all along, love God, love people. And I've seen this time and time again in mission statements of churches, and I've heard people say it, but what I'm beginning to understand is that later on, when Jesus left his disciples and gave us the Great Commission, he said something very profound if we're paying attention. He says, go therefore, um, make disciples, baptizing them, and what? Teaching everything I have commanded. Well, the basic thing that he commanded, the first principles of everything, love God, love people. And what I take from that is when I think about it and when I'm, when I'm meditating on this idea is that we have to learn how to love God and love people because it's not natural for us. 
it's really easy to love ourselves, right? It's really simple to do that. I like me. I would take me out for coffee, right? I like that. You would do the same thing too. But I got these other women living in my house, and they got other ideas about what I'm going to do with my day, right? And we all have those types of relationships, and so we have to learn how to love God and love love others. So we take this idea of loving God and, and loving people and we say, boy, that's pretty simple. That's pretty basic, but it ain't easy. And we need to deal with the reality of that. It's not easy to do it. And so we have to learn. That's why Jesus said, teach them everything that I've commanded. It's not natural for us. And my argument throughout this entire series is that we love God as individuals, but we can also love God people, uh, love uh, God as a group. So we do it as individuals, but we also do it as a group. And when we love God as a group, we do that by celebrating Him. Hence the term party people. We should be party people. This ought to be the most fun place you go all week. Why? Because we're celebrating the things of God. And really, what struck me about this the other day is that, um, and, and I mentioned this one before, but I think this is important to reiterate, is the fact that it's not what you get out of a, a worship service, but what you bring. In fact, I think that you get out of it what you bring to it. That's just my thought at this point. And that's an interesting thing, because when I go to a birthday party, I tend to bring a gift, right? I tend to bring something with me. And so, really, when you're celebrating, what are you bringing to the celebration each and every week? And, of course, this is the tool that we use. We, we have this weekly gathering. This is the way, the method that we celebrate. Now, back to this idea of celebrating. I think celebrating any type of celebration has at least two parts to it. And on, I talked about one last week. I'm going to talk about the second this week. So last week, we talked about the idea of testimony. I think one of the things that we do to celebrate is we testify. Or, um, I, I tend to like this word a little bit better, is we like to tell stories. We really do. We love to tell stories. So, like, even now, I said, hey, one of those first meetings, you know, somebody stole stuff out of our truck. That's part of our story, Right? I remember another time uh, when we had uh, kids ministry. I don't think I told Miss Sophia this, but when we had um, kids ministry, uh, we were meeting at a school and we had worship in the gym and we had kids ministry in the cafeteria and we had one little boy that literally destroyed the entire cafeteria and the hallway going away from the cafeteria. And I remember that our children's minister at the time told me afterwards, he goes, yeah, I'm gonna need four walls and a door. Yeah, that was fun. But that's part of our story too, and we all laugh. But it wasn't funny at the time. <laughs> it's funny now, but it wasn't then. And of course, there's you know, plenty of things that have occurred over the years, and we talk about them and when we remember. But when we celebrate something, and we tell part of our own story, one of the things that we are telling is we're telling the story of what God is doing among us. 
And so that's what we call testimony. That's what we call testifying. We are recalling and recounting what God has done. So every time I open up the word, every time we start talking about the stories uh, of what Jesus did or what some of the, the heroes of our faith have done, we are testifying to the work of God in history. And then when we're talking to each other about what God is doing in our lives, and hopefully he's doing something in your life, when we're doing that, we're actually testifying to the work of the Father. It didn't just stop with the writing of the New Testament. It continues on to this day, and that's why we tell the stories. And so while we give God credit, um, there is a fringe benefit to it. And the fringe benefit is really that we are strengthened. He did that for them. What can he do for you? There's hope there. There's a fact that when we see how God has acted, it's like, oh, wait a second. First of all, we understand God is active. And second of all, that maybe, just maybe, if I'm interacting with him, there's something for me too. There's a relationship that we can have. And so we tell the story. We tell the story. By the way, last week I challenged all of you um, to testify to something the Lord has done. I, I hope you had a chance to do that. Uh, somewhere in your weekly conversation with somebody that you were able to say um, something, you know, this is what the Lord has done for me. Um, It doesn't have to be awkward unless you make it. But I would ask you to continue to do that. I think God honors that. When we tell his story, uh, he honors those things. And so don't be afraid to testify. Even if it feels a little awkward, it's okay. You're learning. You're learning how to do it. You're learning how to love him and you're learning how to celebrate him, and you're learning how to testify to what he has been doing and what he is um, uh, doing right now in your life. Okay, so today I want to talk about the second aspect of celebration I think is really important. We celebrate God through worship. Now, this is no surprise, especially if you grew up in the church. You understand that worship is a big part of this. Um, we often call what happens on Sunday morning a worship service, right? I mean, that's part of what, we're, what we call it. It's part of our language. But I believe that we need to understand um, worship as a natural part of the celebration of God. And, and, and to that end, I want to describe something. The word worship actually comes from Old English, where we've taken two words and we've jammed them together. It's worth scribe. It's to ascribe worth. Okay? Now, think about that for a moment and what that might possibly mean. What we're doing is, when we worship, what we're doing is we're saying to God that he has value, he has worth to us. Does this make sense? That's worship. So we sing songs. Singing isn't worship, it's what's going on in your heart. Are you giving some type of value or worth to God? Well, the fact that you're here is part of that because what you're doing is you're taking time out of your day and you're saying, at least, God, you're worth my time. And if you choose to to, um, partner with us financially, you're saying to God, God, you're worth some of my money. If you're doing some volunteer work, you're saying to God, God, you're you're worth um, my attention and my energy whatever it happens to be. Now, church is not the only place that that happens, but it's a good place for for that to occur when when we get together on on a weekly basis. But the idea is ascribing worth or value to God. 
God, you have value to me is ultimately what the message is. Now, the thing that I want to do right at the beginning here is I want to give you the main idea. I want to give you the, the, big, the big picture, the big idea. The thing. Look, if you're going to write something down, this is the thing I want you to write down, okay? So if you got your journals, grab your journals because I think this is important. Testimony is about what God has done, but worship is about what it means to me. Now think about that for a moment. Let that one sink in. When I testify to the thing um, or the story, when I retell the story, I'm essentially saying, this is what God has done. I'm making that declaration. But when I worship, I'm saying, it means something to me. Lord, you mean something to me because of the work that you've done, the things that you're doing. Those are two different aspects, but they're, they're both part of celebrating. We are celebrating by making the declaration, but also by saying what it means to us. And I think that's really an important distinction. That embodies celebration, at least it does in my mind. Now, it begs the question, though, how do we go about worshiping? What, what, <laughs> you know, what does that actually look like? You know, for some people, it's like this. For some people, they're getting down with Jesus when they're doing this. And there are some people who, you know, do this. Your mileage may vary, and that's okay, because God doesn't look at the outward expression. God looks at what, what's in the heart, right? And that, that's kind of what we're getting at here, is what's going on inside? How do I go about worshiping, ascribing value, ascribing worth to God? How do I actually do that? This is about the mechanics of it. And to do that, for me, the best place to begin is with the poets. And so we're going to look at the book of Psalms. Now, my preference, of course, is to always dig deeply into a particular passage. Most of you know this. But today, I think there's some breadth here. There is some um, a, a scope to this that we need to, to look at. There's a volume of worship re- references, and I'm just going to, I'm, I'm telling you right up front, I'm cherry-picking some of them. Um, because I want you to see certain ideas. I'm not trying to argue anything. I'm just trying to illustrate. So keep that in mind. And so here's the first one. Um, if you, so if you have a Bible, you can, you can pick these up, or if you've got a Bible app, you can punch it in. It's fine, but I'll, I'm just going to put them up on the screen for you. But you may want to write down the references for later because it's worth, worthwhile reading. So the first one here is Psalm 95. In verse 6 and 7, the poet tells us, Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, the flock under his care. Okay. Um, the idea that I think gets conveyed here is that we have to assume the correct posture when we're worshiping. And in, in this particular case, it's a physical thing. Let us kneel. Let us bow down. Uh, that's what the poet is saying here. But when we, when we walk into the presence of the Lord and when we come into this place as a group to have the right posture in our heart, to assume that kind of posture is to put God in the correct position. He is higher and we are not him. And we need to understand that. So during worship, feel free to bow if you want to. Feel free to kneel. Feel free to lift your hands. Um... I'd prefer if people didn't run up and down the you know, sides and run all over the place because that's a little distracting. Um, but I know some people need to move a little bit. I get that, and I think that's okay. 
because you're, you're expressing how you're feeling inside to God. If you don't, you know, some people are super expressive, right? And some people are not. That's cool. God still loves you. It doesn't matter the things that you're doing on the outside, but really check the posture of your own heart. Are you understanding that God is worthy? God wants your praise. He wants your trying to figure out how to say this best because it's not like we're worshiping God for his sake. We worship God for our sake. We need to understand that we're not in control. We need to understand that. But we also need to understand that there is one who is in control, right? There is one who does care. There is one that loves us. So often when we assume a posture of worship, Sometimes we become aware of our sin. We become aware of the things that we're not proud of. Sometimes we remember stuff that we just as soon forget about. And I, I get that. But be careful when that occurs. Be very careful because God does not condemn. If you're feeling condemned in the midst of worship by something that you've done or something you're not proud of, that's not from God. God doesn't condemn. He may convict you. And conviction, in my mind, goes a little bit differently. Conviction is very often, for me, it's like, oh, David, I've got something so much better for you. Don't settle. That speaks to my heart more than condemnation. And trust me, I've spent years beating myself up for stuff. And the only thing it does is make me feel worse. But when I sense that the God, God is speaking to me, when I have the correct posture in my heart, and when I become aware of the things that I'm not proud of and the things that I really just as soon forget, it's almost always something where God is saying, oh, stick with me. David, I got so much more for you. I got something better for you. Don't settle for something that's so far less than what I have in mind. And I'm so grateful for that. I really am took me a long time to figure that out. So that convicting sense is more awareness of, of what God wants. Um, and then it's really easy for you to say, God, what's the better way? How do I follow you in this? That's the posture of the heart. The posture is to reorient myself back to the kingdom of God, back to the things that God is doing, and saying to myself, yeah, I'm not proud of that. I really wish I wouldn't have had to. Lord, I'm sorry. What's the better way? And then trust him to teach you. That's the correct posture, at least it is in my mind, when we come to worship. All right, moving on. Here's Psalm 71. For you have been my hope, sovereign Lord, my confidence since my youth. From birth I have relied on you. I will ever praise you. I have become a sign to many. You are my strong refuge. My mouth is filled with your praise declaring your splendor all day long. So one of the easiest ways to worship is just to tell them how you feel. I mean, if you want to um, convey certain feelings to your spouse, sometimes you have to tell them. I told her I loved her when I married her, and I haven't changed my mind. Yeah, but you pretty much need to say it a couple of more times, okay? Just keep that in mind, right? So tell him kind of how you, how you feel. Now, look, I, I'll be honest. Sometimes you may feel a little uncomfortable or awkward doing this. Um, but it's, it's always a good idea to tell him how you feel. And, and here's what the poet does. For you have been my hope. This is a direct conversation with God. You have been my hope. 
sovereign Lord, my confidence since, uh, since my youth. From birth, I have relied on you. So he's speaking directly to God. So tell him how you feel. Um, God is a person, so speak to him as a person, okay? Talk to him that way. And you can start with just a few words. It's not like you have to have these, you know, poetic types of phrases. Um, you can simply just acknowledge his character or his nature. God, you're good. I often start with that because I need to be reminded of the fact that God is good. At his core, he's good. And I want to declare that. God, you're holy. <laughs> I'm not, but you are. And I am supposed to be holy because you are holy. And because of your, your work on the cross, I can be holy. But the point is he is, and you can tell him that. Lord, you are generous. Oh my gosh, he's so generous. He's so generous to all of us. He freely gives things. God, you're merciful. Oh boy, am I glad he's merciful because I need it an awful lot. And so I just remind myself by telling him those characteristics and attributes. It's not as awkward as you think. You don't have to be poetic like this, but just start with what you know about God, what you believe about him, and tell him that. I think it's a, um, a good way to, to get started. Psalm 7, I will give thanks to the Lord because of his righteousness. I will sing the praises of the name of the Lord Most High. Let me show you another one. This is Psalm 107. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Wasn't there a, there was a praise song like this a few years ago, right? Yeah. So give thanks to the Lord. So here's the other thing that you can do to worship is just to thank him. Just thank him. Lord, you're good. Thank you for being good to me. That easy. That's worship right there. You are ascribing value because he's good and he has done something good for you. Very simple to do that. Now, there's tons of research on the benefits of having gratitude. It is very difficult to be hostile when you're thankful. Those two things do not occupy the same space at the same moment in time. It's very difficult to do that. And by the way, you can always find something to be grateful for. Always. Now, <clears throat> Some of you know the story that a number of years ago, my wife started uh, with our kids um, before we went to bed. What are you thankful for today? And um, I, I confess, I'm, I'm gonna confess so I can preach, okay? So I'm gonna confess there are some days, some days where I've had a hard time thinking of something. <sighs> what happened today? Oh boy. I got this going on at church. I got this going on in my family. I got this going on. Whatever it happens to be, you have those days too. Don't lie, you're in church, right? We all have them. But here's the thing. I'm breathing, and I'm grateful for my life. I can be thankful for that. I am actually in a bedroom in my home with my wife and my kids. I can definitely be thankful for that. You see what I mean? There's always something that you can be thankful for. Even if you've got to scrape to find it, there is something to be thankful for. And if it's something to be thankful for, the source is in God in some way, shape, or form. I'm breathing because he put his breath of life into me. I'm married because Lisa Barger said yes, and I'm so thankful that she did. And I believe the Lord brought us together and gave us two beautiful kids. And I, how can I not be thankful? How, how, how can I not be thankful? Simple things like that, but go back to those basics and 
And here's the thing. If you don't have anything in your life to be thankful for, be thankful for somebody else's blessing. Maybe you're aware of something that happened in someone else's life that was good, and you can say, oh God, thank you for that, for them. You can be thankful in little ways. So keep that in mind, that we really are about um, worship, and worship includes some type of gratitude. Now, of course, there's other ways to worship. Um, there's giving to, to God and to some of his work, helping, um, helping somebody else out, um, exercising your gifts and your creativity for his kingdom. That's a way of worshiping. Listening collectively is a great way uh, to worship, too. But one of the things I want to talk about with worship, just really briefly off to the side, and one of the things that I think we have to be mm, careful of, and so I'm going to put a little caution on this. Don't spend any time on the enemy. Because sometimes what we'll do in the midst of our worship, we'll talk about God crushing the enemy. Well, yeah, he can do that. That's true. But let's not give credit to the devil at all. He doesn't need it. So we're not, don't worry about the forces of darkness. Concentrate on the goodness of God. Does this make sense? So keep that in mind that in your worship, focus on the right thing. Emphasize the goodness and the light of God. And and don't worry about the darkness. You don't have to worry about that. But ultimately speaking, whenever we worship, the simple, fundamental, basic understanding is we are saying, Lord, you are worth my time. You are worth my resources. You are worth my attention. You are worth my energy that I give. That's it. That's all there is to it. And sometimes it's a challenge. But what you're saying to him is that he's worth and you're ascribing worth and value to him. But there's one last idea. There's one other thing that I want to I mention. I think this is really important. Jesus said this. We're going to move from the poets and we're going to talk about Jesus. Jesus said, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in the spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in the spirit and in truth. Now, quick note. The Greek construction of this is a little funky. So it can be in the spirit and in truth, or it can also be read the spirit of truth. Okay, You can read it both ways, and both would be correct. But the point is, is that when we're talking about the spirit, we're talking about the heart. We're talking about what's going on inside of you. If you're going to worship, it's not just about outward expression. Now, outward expression will help us do that, but that's not all there is to it. You can worship God in the quietness of your own heart. You can do that, and that's fine. And that's acceptable worship to him, because again, it's spirit. It's what's going on in here, in your inner person. But I want to talk about this idea of truth. Um, and I've mentioned this before, and I'm probably going to bang this drum, and I'm, I, there's a good chance I'm going to get in trouble for it, but that's okay. I'm, I've been in trouble before. I'll be in trouble again, so I'm fine with it. But I think sometimes when we talk about truth, we get wrapped up in this idea that truth hurts. Have you heard that phrase before? Sometimes it's true. It, it's true. It does. 
And, and sometimes when we talk about truth and being truthful with somebody, we, we have the sense that we're going to hurt them or they're going to be hurt by the things that we, we say. And yes, that can occur. And I think that there are some truths that we have to face up to. But I think there's some other truths that we tend to ignore when we talk about truth. And that's what, that's what I think deserves a little more attention. Why is it that every time we talk about truth, we tend to think in terms of bad news for somebody else, right? Um, I don't know why that is. Actually, I do. But the truth of the matter is, okay, if you're going to worship in spirit and in truth, the first thing you have to do is you have to be willing to tell yourself the truth first. And that's hard. Because there are some things that are painful that you may have to face up to. But there's some other truths out there. And the truth that I want you to remember more than anything else is that if you're a follower of Jesus, you are adopted as a son or daughter of the living God. And that is just as true as any sin that you face. It's just as true. And the truth is that there is a God who loves you. He's not angry with you. He's calling you into something else and something deeper. Now there might be some stuff in your life that he knows and frankly you know that you need to get rid of. That's true. But the truth of the matter is is he's going to be there with you every step of the way. That's the promise. I will never leave you nor forsake you. That's just as true as all the painful stuff. Why is it that we don't do that? When did the good news stop being good? I don't understand that. And I think people are craving, they're just craving somebody to tell them the actual truth that, yes, they may be messed up, but there's still hope, right? And sometimes you're the one who's elected to tell them that. And it can be just as simple as saying hello. It's as simple as talking to someone and treating them like a human being. You know, you guys have heard me tell this story before, but... um, I like going in, into places, especially waitresses and waiters and, and or servers, sorry, let's be, um, people who are running the cash registers, I like to chat with them. I do. Elizabeth, uh, my eldest and I, we have the saying, do they want to play or not? Because we love cashiers who want to play. They're fun. And they're the ones that are a little on the sassy side. We like the sassy ones. Those are fun. But the thing that I've noticed more and more is if you are simply kind to people, you get all kinds of great service. I rarely get bad service. In fact, I don't think I can come up with the last time I got bad service from somewhere. Why? Because people are craving to know the truth that they're valuable. How are they going to understand that God loves them if you don't even love them? Does that make sense? So part of the truth that we tell is that there's a God who loves them. And because he loves them, I'm going to love you too. Are you with me? That's just as true as anything else. So if we're going to worship in spirit, in a truth, I'm going to tell myself the truth. I'm going to try to tell the truth to other people. And some of that truth, at least some of that truth, includes the fact that there's a God who loves you. And I'm so glad that I can have a conversation with you 
and I'm glad you're here, and I'm glad that you're doing the job that you're doing, whatever it happens to be. But let's tell the truth that there's a good God who loves people, and he is teaching us how to love him and to love others. You are daughters and sons of the Most High God, the Lord of hosts. If that's not true, let's close the doors and go do something else. We could all go meet at another kind of club. In fact, it might be even more fun because at least they serve alcohol. Right? No. We're here because of a good God who calls us and guides us and loves us and wants us to be together and wants to be with him. That's true. So let's worship in that truth and in that spirit. It isn't just bad or convicting facts. Mm. So today, um, because it's Family Sunday, we're going to chase his presence together just a little bit. We have this ancient ritual that Jesus gave us. Uh, We call it communion. Some people call it the Eucharist. There's different names for it. Um, Here at Thrive Church, we have what's called an open table. That means if you're a follower of Jesus, this is for you. We want you to participate because we're all in this big family of God. And um, we're grateful that you're all here. Um, Dan's going to come up and uh, with the team, we're going to sing a song. And uh, if you got a little cup... um, in a piece of bread, we get the little go packs, travel packs, travel size of these things. And um, you just take it when you're ready, okay? This is between you and God. This is your worship. You can do it whenever you want to. Um, we're fine with that. You want to do it by yourself? That's cool. You want to do it as a family? That's cool too. On the night in which he was betrayed, Jesus <laughs> was hanging out with his disciples showing us once again that he wants to be with us. That kind of truth. Anyway, he looked at the table and he uh, took some bread, which would have been very common at the time. And after he gave thanks, he broke it. He passed it to his disciples and he said, take and eat, this is my body. Every time you eat this, I I want you to remember me. Then after the supper, he took a very common thing again. He took a cup. And after he'd given thanks, he passed it to his disciples and said, take and drink. And every time you do, I want you to remember me. And I know they didn't understand it then. And I know that there was a point in time later on that they were sitting around and they were eating and drinking and they had the bread and the cup and after the resurrection, they went, oh, this is what he was talking about. Yeah, that had to have been fun, that moment. And when you choose to do that today, The first thing I want you to do is be thankful for Thrive Church and all that God has done here, that he leads us and that we get to follow him. We get to do this every Sunday, and I'm I'm so grateful for it. But also testify in your own heart to the things that he's done for you. It's a real simple thing. By saying thank you, you're testifying. And then worship him in the truth that he loves you And the fact that we're all here together is testimony to the fact that he loves us and that we can hear from him. Because you know what? I know we all hear from him. Otherwise, we never would have been saved. So keep that in mind as you do it.
But this is your time um, for you to spend uh, with God. Sing when you're ready. Go ahead and take the elements and do it at your own pace. It's entirely up to you. Let's pray. God, (laughs) we worship you in spirit and in truth today. In our hearts, we understand that you are holy, that you are good, (laughs) that you are worthy. And for whatever reason, you want to be with us. That's the truth. That we have been on your heart since the very beginning of time. It's always been about us learning how to love you and love each other. so simple, so difficult to do. So Lord, we need a change in our own hearts so that we can do that better. Would you teach us? I know you will, but we're still going to ask for it. And I pray, Lord, that even as we sing today, we would sing with great joy because, again, this is a church that you dreamed a long time ago, and we just get the opportunity to do it with you. We're so thankful. And I pray too, Lord, for every person sitting here that you would um, just speak to them in the way that they would understand. I trust you with that. I trust that you can speak to us still. And that you have things to say. And there's truth that you want us to know. And it's good. It's so good for us. So Holy Spirit, come. Do the work do the messaging that only you can do, and we receive it now in joy. We pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen.